heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome back to The Hero Show. Richard Matthews here, and I am still still at the, uh, the beach for my regular listeners here. Still don't have any internet service where we're traveling. I am on the line with Jordan Osaroff. Jordan, are you there? Yes. Awesome. Glad to have you here, Jordan. Let me do a brief introduction for you, and then we can uh, get going. Jordan is the, um, what is it you call it, the managing partner at a law firm, um, and that is Jordan Law, Florida. And you also teach students at Barry University. You do the mock trial team. Um, and you teach students how to be attorneys and witnesses and several other things there, which sounds very cool and a lot of fun. So to get this kicked off, let's start off with what you're known for now. What is it that people hire you for? What's your business like? What is, uh, what is it that you do? So, you know, I, it's funny. Over the last year or so, I've started telling people, instead of being a lawyer, I tell people I'm a small business owner who runs a law firm. You know, I think that's so much more yeah. of what I right now. Um, we've got, you know, five attorneys at the firm. Um, my job really is the CEO. So people are hiring us for our fantastic client experience. They're hiring us based upon, you know, all of our attorneys having a lot of experience being in court, but also the focus we put on customer service. Um, usually they're hiring us for either criminal defense, personal injury, or business law needs. Awesome. And so you also mentioned that you teach. Is teaching part of your business model or is teaching something you do as a way to give back to the community? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Uh, it's sort of a little bit of both. We work with a lot of students. Um, we'll represent them in legal issues. And so oftentimes they'll have a, a problem where, you know, it could be cheating on a test. It could be picking up a criminal case. They'll also have an issue at school. And so they have to, in essence, represent themselves. So the same stuff that we do for the teaching applies to them. But for the most part, I mean, I like teaching because I'm where I'm at because of some fantastic mentors. And I feel like it's sort of my obligation to, you know, give back to the next generation of lawyers from that standpoint. Awesome. That's really cool. So let's talk a little bit about your origin story, right? We talk on the show all the time about every hero has an origin story. It's where you started to realize that you were different, that maybe you had superpowers and maybe you could use them to help other people. What sort of set you on this path of, as you called it, a business owner who happens to run a law firm? So, you know, my origin story, and this is going to be, you know, trite for every lawyer, is goes back to me being like four or five. I, I don't remember not wanting to be a lawyer, even though I had no idea what it entailed, what it was, etc. Um, you know, my parents can tell me that as far back as they remember, the only thing was I wanted to be a doctor for like six weeks, and then I realized people could die in front of me, and I decided I want to be a lawyer. So, Because <laughs> they're already dead at that point. Right. So from that <laughs> standpoint, you know, it's, it's always been what I've wanted to do, even though I had no idea what that meant. 
So I was lucky enough in, um, in high school, we had to go job shadow. And uh, my grandmother was at an adult living facility with another lady who her son was a judge. So I got to go and follow him around for a day and see kind of behind the scenes. Um, I, I came up to UCF, I'm wearing a Go Knights. If you, I don't know if it comes up on the thing. Oh, there you go, yeah. Um, and I got to do the mock trial team over there. And I realized like, oh my God, you know, this is what I want. Arguing with people and telling people I'm right and using rules of evidence to explain to them why I'm right. You know, it, it all kind of best purple. Yeah. So how did you make that transition from, because my, if I understand the law industry properly, not every lawyer is a business owner, but some, some lawyers are like in your case, they actually run the law firm or do something. There's a lot of lawyers who just practice law. How did you make that transition? Or have you always been someone who's running your own business? How, how did that sort of go down for you? So um, I started out actually as a prosecutor. So when I left law school, I prosecuted in Orange County. So I was, um, you know, people allegedly would break the law. I would charge them and, you know, and punish them for that or, you know, try to help them get uh, drug treatment or whatnot. And then I realized, you know, I wasn't, I didn't get the same sense of enjoyment out of it. And I think a lot of it was because I was on that side. So I left and, you know, went mm -hmm. over the criminal defense side. And so that way I was able to really have a client to help. Um, and then the more I did it, the more I realized that the, I could have so much more of an impact as a business owner. You know, like you talk about, not every lawyer is a business owner. There's a ton of phenomenal lawyers out there. There's a lot fewer lawyers that are good business owners. And it would be easier for me and my firm to help, you know, 200 people a year instead of 50 people a year if I went into kind of the business role of it because you know you can find great lawyers that was sort of the the easiest thing to do was to find more fantastic lawyers that didn't want to worry about the business owner stuff and so we've been able to use that to kind of you know continue to grow into where we're at now um you know helping people with you know whatever usually the worst thing in their life yeah so how has the uh, transition been from being a lawyer to becoming a ceo of a law firm So for me, the transition has been great. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's another one of those where I kind of fell, you know, butt backwards into what I actually like. You know, the more I started doing the business stuff, the more I realized that I really enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed the, you know, putting that message together and selling that story to a client and how we can help and getting that out there across, you know, social media and different channels um, just as much as I enjoyed the actually arguing for them in court. Um, and so it's just been, it's been a nice transition for me because by getting out of the, you know, the more of the legal day to day, I can have, our firm can have so much more of an impact. Yeah. So now you're, instead of the impact on one client that you might be able to have as a lawyer or, you know, a handful of clients you're working with at a, any given time, you're able to work with a huge set of clients as a larger law firm and have a, have a larger impact. That's really cool. Yeah. So for, so you know, for my, Go ahead. So for example, today, you know, three of the other lawyers were in court. One of them had a trial. The other ones had some hearings and I was able to, you know, interview somebody for our podcast and then do a couple of consultations at the office rather than, you know, only being able to be in court, you know, one place at one time. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's uh, it's sort of, um, it's growing your reach. And that's one of the things I love best about, about, business is business allows you to have we talk about it regularly on the show is the ripple effect right is you get to have a much larger impact than the work that's put in 
um, because you leverage other people's time and you my next question for you has to do with your superpowers right so um, every every superhero has their superpowers. It's what you do or build or offer this world that really helps solve problems for people, right? The things that you use to slay this world's villain, so to speak. So if you could maybe two, two hats, right? Your business owner, CEO hat, what would your superpower be there? And then maybe as your lawyer, what's your superpower in that, in that role? You know, in all honesty, I mean, I, I can wear the same hat for both. Our superpower is going to be technology. You know, our firm prides itself on, and a lot of my job is focusing on the latest technology for lawyers and automating, you know, as much as possible so that you can spend more time on the stuff that isn't automatable. So if we can have a, you know, a notice of appearance generate immediately once the client has hired us and somebody just has to e-file it, you know, that's five minutes here, it's 10 minutes there, that adds up so that when it comes to a real important legal issue, something very new and novel and technical, you know, my attorneys and my staff has 15 more hours a week that they're not wasting on, you know, stupid little things that we've, in, you know, that we've automated, updating people about court dates, um, scheduling these things, you know, putting together a lot of the, the consistent filings. So that's, that's our superpowers is technology where technokinetics or, or whatever it would be. So using some of the new technology to Bring it to bring it to what is, I guess, traditionally a more, um, you know, hands-on paper industry, and using that to like trim the fat, so you can use the expertise in the places that really they really need it. So, the easiest way to explain it is, you know, on day one, had a client come in, thankfully hired me, you know, my first day as a private attorney after leaving the state. And so I had to, you know, take somebody else's form for their notice of appearance and manually edit the name and the case number and the county and the addresses and all those things. And then um, print it out, sign it, rescan it, e-file it with the Florida e-filing portal for the court to know that, you know, I was on the case. And then that triggers the state had to send me discovery, et cetera. Now we've automated it. So that person's already in our CRM. They've already gone through everything. They can electronically sign their signature um, to the contract. They can electronically sign this form. It goes right to my paralegal who then can turn around and take the digital version and e-file that right there immediately without anybody having to change, edit, whatever, because that data is already there. So you're talking about you know, 15, 20 minutes that get saved on every single case because on every criminal case, you have to let the court know that you represent the person. And that adds up fast. Absolutely. And I, I imagine that also has an impact on the um, billable hours you charge to the client as well, where they're actually getting a efficient billing. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I, I, I can't tell you if I've ever had a client tell us that they, we got a bill that they were shockingly low, but no, I mean, absolutely. You know, we're able to consistently come in and, you know, disrupt an already existing hourly market by charging you know, a slightly lower rate or charging the same rate and using, you know, so many fewer hours because of technology. 
you know, I'm not charging them for the automated system that I. Um, so the other side of your superpower is your fatal flaw, right? Like Superman has kryptonite. It's the thing in your business that, um, or in your, your own personality that has like held you back in growing your business, something you, um, you have to work on. And so the, um, the other question or like the, what I'm looking for is basically, what would you say that fatal flaw is and what have you done to sort of overcome it to help sort of grow your business and overcome those, uh, those issues? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I would say for me, my fatal flaw is expecting the same level of involvement, buy-in, et cetera, from everybody else that I would give on any sort of project, regardless of, you know, what's in it for me, regardless of what, you know, I'm getting paid for it or anything along those lines. So that's probably been my biggest issue is trying to not necessarily temper my expectations, but actually have a more in-depth conversation with, you know, mostly employees about what I expect from them. Um, the other problem that I have that I have not been able to solve, my other kryptonite um, would be Florida bar rules. And I totally get, you know, most of them are in place to protect clients. Um, but one of the problems that we see is, you know, you can't give a non-attorney anything of value for a case. So it's really difficult to incentivize staff or incentivize non-attorney marketing people without breaking that rule. And so I, I just don't, and we try and, you know, do what we can for them elsewhere. Um, but I think that's something that would help a law firm grow its business correctly is if you identified, you know, the ability to bonus a staff member for bringing in an ideal client if they're not an attorney. And I, you know, I get the slippery yeah. slope, but I, but I get, I, you know, but it, I think it handcuffs firms away from doing things the right way. Yeah, that's an interesting, an interesting uh, thing you have to deal with because the, you know, I, we, I talk all the time about how like incentive structures are what make the world around. And, you know, we, we generally operate out of our own self-interest. So you have to build incentives around getting the outcome that you want. And you're in a place where you have the law standing in the way of building proper incentive structures. So you have to come up with other ways to incentivize your staff. Right. And I think that's, you know, I think that's why lawyers are easy targets for marketing companies for better or worse. Um, but it's just, you know, it's interesting to me because you would think that you'd have a better chance growing it the right way, grassroots through personal involvement, but obviously that does you no good for, you know, you're not attorney staff. Yeah, absolutely. So and I don't know how you would solve that. Um, <laughs> the, the other flaw getting people to, uh, to buy in, um, it reminds me of, uh, I think it's the book, Good, um, the book Good to Great, where they talk about getting and how you're helping people and that has helped them and have the kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, the kind of drive that like the owner has, like that you or I would have, under team than I do, I would imagine. Um, but I've noticed that's been helpful. Um, and like, just have, have, a, have a view of, how do you think that plays into uh, to, to your staff? Well, so a lot of what we've been able to do um, is, you know, explain to people the growth that they have inside the firm. So I had, you know, I had a former attorney of ours that actually started out as my first intern ever. So he was, a, you know, 10 bucks an hour, five to 10 hours a week, helping me with a lot of the, you know, filing and other small things like that. 
and then, you know, over summers would come back as, you know, a paralegal, a legal assistant, and then eventually, you know, joined our firm as an attorney. And so we were able to get good buy-in by when we were looking at staff, trying to identify what their five-year plan is and, and targeting people that either A, want to, you know, end up becoming a paralegal as a long-term career or B, end up wanting to be a lawyer as a long-term career. And that's kind of the, the best way that we've found, you know, to get that buy-in is people that want, don't want this as a job. They want this as, you know, the first stage to a lifetime career. So you're, you're, you're going back to that incentive structure. Like, how do you, how do you find the right incentive to get the buy-in? Um, and you found it's like a long-term career. So, okay, cool. Next, I want to talk about your um, common enemy. And I like to think of your common enemy in terms of your clients or your customers, right? If you could, um, when someone hired you or bought your products, your services, if, if you could wave your magic wand and sort of remove one thing from their life that you know is holding them back and you could get them results even better or cheaper or faster, what would that thing be, the thing that you fight against in your company? You know, that's a good okay. question. Um, the, the thing that I like is, you know, we're able to target, we're able to say no to clients. You know, a lot of firms don't do that. And so they're stuck with clients that have unrealistic expectations. So for us, you know, I always try to have a conversation with a client of what does a win look like for you? And sometimes that win is something that we will get, you know, I think 95% of the time, sometimes it's something that's impossible. Um, if it's impossible, you know, we'll always try to walk back their expectations as something that's a lot more reasonable. Uh, you know, and then the thing is from that, you know, having handled 10,000 something cases, you know, we're fighting against the other side, we're fighting against case law, we're fighting against, uh, you know, precedent and the facts, but by managing the expectations, we're able to overcome it because I can let my client or I can let my potential client know, you know, this isn't going to turn out well for you. It's just a question of how much we can mitigate it. And some of those people will still hire us. And some of us will find a lawyer that gives them a, a much rosier answer. Um, but I think if you do it that way, then you end up fighting against your own client, which I don't ever want to have to do. Yeah. So a lot of that, um, the common enemy is learning how to, select your clients well and manage expectations yeah you know it's a it's a twofold process one is knowing the law of those areas well enough to know what's a viable case or what's going to you know work out well for them and then two putting yourself in a position to say no to people but you know i've had people come in on like a dui and i'm like hey there's a case directly on point that says this should be thrown out is that definitively going to happen i don't know but this is saying it should as opposed to the same person comes in with totally different facts. Hey, there's nothing I see that jumps out here. So let's try and get you the best resolution we can. And, you know, some people are, some people appreciate the honesty and some people would rather have their lawyer lie to them, which if that's the case, they find somebody else. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so the other side of, if the common enemy is what you fight against, then your driving force is what you fight for, right? Just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to save all of the, you know, categorize all the world's information. What is it that you guys fight for at your law firm? You know, I, this is something that I struggle with all the time because I think the, the common answer you're going to get from lawyers is we're fighting for justice. But the longer I do this, the more I realize that that doesn't really exist in the terms of what we have. So a lot of what, most of what I'm fighting for is basically to time travel. It's to time travel my client back to before this issue came up as best as possible. 
So if it's a criminal case, you know, they don't go to prison for the rest of their lives. They're able to go back and, you know, spend time with their family and be at their house. If it's a personal injury case, we're trying to get them enough money that they can either solve the medical issue or at least have the future medical issues they're going to have from this paid for so they don't have to worry about it. So our, you know, most of what we're fighting for really, I think, is, is putting people back in the position that they were in before they came to us. That's, uh, that's interesting. So if you, uh, you, you think about, like, from a marketing message standpoint, you guys, what you fight for is, uh, I like that you fight for time travel, right? We fight to bring you back to a life before you had an issue with the criminal justice system. Um, and you like turn back time. I don't know. I like it's, it's, I've never, I've never really thought about it that way. Um, cause I've, I've never really had to deal with the, uh, the justice system in any way. Um, but that's a, it's a, a really interesting way to think about how, um, what lawyers are actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think most lawyers lose sight of that, but you know, if, if you're, God forbid, if your significant other or yourself or a family member got hurt in a car accident, money doesn't undo that. So, you know, I think the concept that we're fighting for justice isn't necessarily correct. We're just fighting to, you know, mitigate a problem or like I phrase it, you know, time travel away from it or, or before it and make it go away or as go away as much as possible. A lot of times there is no justice for things like a car accident. Right, that you had no control over and it just happens. Um, you just have to learn how to get your life back together as fast as possible. So my next question for you, and this should be right up your alley, audits and so this is what you guys focused on your law firm is your hero's tool belt right maybe a big magical hammer like thor or a bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer or maybe you just really love how evernote helps you helps you organize your case stuff what are some of the technology and tools that you guys use to bring you know to breathe life into uh into your organization uh, so right now i mean the biggest one for us is a program called lawmatics but basically what that allows us to do is take you know create our own intake forms so my receptionist or my intake person can get the necessary information that we need on you know from a very basic level um, and then that will do automatic follow-up and it'll send them emails and little text messages and, you know, whatever it is to get in touch with them. Um, that's, that's the biggest toolbox for us before the case starts. And then obviously that'll then generate the initial documents and whatnot. Um, you know, after that, I go back to, you know, it's a lot harder to automate the actual legal work. So then, you know, our toolkit at that point is having enough time, having a low enough caseload having, you know, good enough attorneys, experienced enough attorneys, et cetera, to make the right arguments, file the right motions, uh, take the case to trial, do a motion to suppress, a preliminary hearing, whatever it is. You know, it's, it's very hard. It's very hard to use a toolkit for real legal work and do a fantastic job 
other than just knowing what you're doing and doing well. Are you tired of trying to write webinars that don't consistently convert? How would you like to have a webinar that effortlessly created sales in your online business? You can. Introducing the Webinar Alchemy Workshop. Webinar Alchemy Workshop is an online masterclass that will help you write incredibly persuasive webinars for your online courses quickly and easily. Using what you learn in this class, you can build a webinar that educates your entire audience while still creating sales. For a limited time, you can purchase this masterclass for only $7, and you'll get the exact framework I've personally used to help my clients sell more than a million dollars worth of online coaching and training just over the last year. Simply text the word ALCHEMY, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y, to 444-999, and I'll send you all the details. The music is by Purple Planet Music. Visit www.purple-planet.com. And now, back to the show. Cool. So next, what I want to talk about is your own personal heroes, right? Just like Frodo had Gandalf or Luke had Obi-Wan or Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Who were your heroes? Were they real life mentors? Were they speakers or authors? Were they peers who were just a few years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your business? So another, another great question. You know, this really, I go back to the, um, the expression that says, you know, if, I, if it seems like I can see farther than those who came before me, it's because I stand on the shoulders of giants. Um, you know, our legal profession, at least in Central Florida, I think does a really good job being very helpful and supportive and whatnot for each other. So, I mean, for me, you know, I've had um, two really great mentors that ran, one ran the trial team at UCF, one ran the trial team at Barry, and they were the, you know, the first two that really helped me on the path to being a, a real lawyer. Um, and then we had a ton of local attorneys that would come in to guest judge us, to coach us, et cetera. Um, and then even to this day, you know, I, I always love talking to peers, you know, mentors, mentees. I think you learn just as much from, you know, a, a six month to one year experience as attorney as I can from a you know, 25 to 30 year experience attorney, just because, you know, the legal profession not only is changing so much, but so much of it is reliant upon dealing with, you know, a normal person, you know, you're dealing with a, at the end of the day, you're dealing with a jury, you're not dealing with a judge for a lot of the cases. So, you know, it's, I'm at where I'm now as a business owner and a lawyer, really from the help of people who were way more experienced than me, as experienced as me, and much less experienced, because all of us are people, you know, we're going to look at a case differently. We're going to look at facts differently. We're going to look at what matters to us more um, than it would to, you know, somebody else. And so it's, it's really, really, really a whole team aspect. You know, I, I, I'm sure everybody says that, but there's no way I'd be remotely where I was without hundreds of people that have helped me get to where I am now. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think particularly in an industry like yours where, um, you know, the law is so complex and so deep, you have to have people that have come before to like help you and show you what, uh, um, what it's like, right, um, and how to, how to navigate it. Um, I don't know, it just reminds me of the whole, the, the whole um, apprentice and journeyman and master thing, like the legal profession almost still requires that you have to have, have uh, mentors who help you sort of navigate the waters. Well, and even more so than that, I mean, you know, you talk about the Luke Obi-Wan relationship, but a lot of it, a lot of it now is the Luke Han Solo relationship where, you know, we may get a case that's a 90% a personal injury case, but then 10% a tax case you know, there's some issue with this settlement. And so having, you know, a colleague of ours that knows that part helps our client get, you know, a, a giant win as opposed to just a very good win. 
because it's not something that we know about, but we can bring in the right person to fix, you know, that one piece. Yeah. Someone who knows how to, you know, to go through that pass in 12 parsecs or whatever. There you go. <laughs> you have to have someone who knows how to do that. Cool. So let's bring it home for our listeners a little bit and talk about your guiding principles, right? What are the top one or two principles or actions you use regularly that help push your business forward? You know, one or two things maybe you wish you knew when you first started out on this hero's journey. Well, you know, so the, to, to keep going with the superpowers, the one thing I wish I had was some sort of like telekinesis foresight type thing, you know, like having a cerebro or whatnot would have been so helpful because I think so many people get caught up in not knowing what they actually want. They don't know what the problem is. They don't know who their ideal client is. They don't know what kind of stuff they want to practice. And, you know, I think that's the biggest guiding principle we have now is trying to figure out our ideal client. So what does our ideal client look like? Where are they? Who do they go to when they have problems? And so from that, that tells us, you know, we need to be marketing in these channels. We need to be meeting these sorts of people that'll be the right centers of influence for our ideal clients, et cetera. Um, and then the other thing that, that motivates us is to always do the right thing. You know, there are, there are, or at least when we can, there are some times where I have to do the ethical thing which I don't think is necessarily the right thing, but you know, 99% of the time you can do the right thing. And I think a lot of people don't. Well, I think a lot of people take, especially other lawyers, they take such a short-term view on the case, the client, opposing counsel, you know, whatever it is, that they do a disservice to their current client because they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. So for us, you know, we try to take a long-term view as much as we can. Do you think that's made a, a big impact in the growth of your practice? Absolutely. I mean, I have, I have state attorneys that refer us cases. I have former opposing counsels that refer us cases. You know, it's helpful there. Um, and then also, you know, we'll help, you know, we'll help judges that, are, that used to be defense attorneys that we worked against, and now they're the judge on the case, or we're working with them on their campaign for them to get elected. You know, by working together and by having those relationships, you know, I, I don't want to say that it makes the ruling any different, but I may get a phone call returned faster by a state attorney. I may get a motion reviewed at, you know, in judges chambers a little bit faster. Some, you know, it may not be to get a different ruling, but it may be to get priority in being heard. And, you know, when, when you have those moments where an emergency hits the fan, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to help a client as quickly as possible, as well as as best as possible. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and it's amazing how just learning how to do, not learning, but choosing to do the right thing on a regular basis can have a positive impact on your business like that. Um, especially with someone like what you do where, you know, the work you do for clients so intimately impacts them. Um, so that's, that's really cool to see how, how that, uh, that's affected your business. So the next thing that I do on the show, we do this every time, is something I call the Heroes Challenge. Heroes Challenge is pretty simple. It's just, do you have someone in your business network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their journey on the Hero Show? Ooh, that's a good one. So it has to be somebody who's entrepreneurial? Well, that depends. Do you have someone who's got a cool story that we should, uh, that you think is a hero otherwise? I mean, I'm, I'm open. I'm game. Yeah, so I'm on the, uh, the Big Brother, Big Sister board for Central Florida. And one yeah. of the guys on it, his name is Brian. Um, he works for the Orlando Magic. He's not a basketball player. Um, but he's got a phenomenal story about, you know, he was a little himself in Big Brother, Big Sister. 
and now he's a now he's a big and he's on the board with us and he's just a really a really cool guy with a with a great story to tell um you know obviously doesn't own the Orlando Magic doesn't run them but does some really cool stuff yeah absolutely that'd be cool we'll we'll reach out afterward last thing that we do is uh where can people find you right so i know i heard you run a podcast um and so where can they find your podcast if they're looking for legal help i assume they have to be um citizens of florida um possibly about you know who who are your ideal clients and how can they reach out and find you so um our podcast is called let's get up to business as opposed to let's get down to business uh it's going to be on itunes stitcher last fm you know and anywhere where they'll take you they'll allow you to post a podcast we try to be there um in terms of our ideal clients yeah you know all of us are licensed in florida so they have to be in florida um, our ideal clients are going to be usually some, a business owner, you know, somebody similar to me with a, with a business of, you know, about 10 people that's growing, that needs to make sure they're protected from a legal standpoint. They've got all the right documents in place. And then obviously anybody injured in a car accident or who's been arrested, unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, um, you know, those clients can't happen proactively. You know, it has to happen reactively after the situation's already gone on. Um, so the best way to reach us is jordanlawfl.com that's our website j-o-r-d-a-n-l-a-w-f-l.com our phone number is 407-906-5529 that's 407-906-5529 you can also find us on facebook jordan law fl um, and we post the most ridiculous legal stories and we try to make some good puns so i think our, our facebook is not what you expect from the normal law firm and i hope people take that as a positive that's awesome yeah, and that, that basically ends the show. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a really interesting conversation, despite our uh, technical glitches here that we have with Zoom. But um, thank you for coming on and sharing your story and what it is that you're doing. And of course, if you're listening to the show and you do need legal help, particularly um, my audience will probably mostly be business owners and you're in Florida, reach out to Jordan and, uh, and see if you can get all your, your legal ducks in a row. And again, Jordan, thank you for coming on to the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I really love the organizing the interview around it, you know, being a superhero. It's a very cool thing to do. Yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. A lot of our guests have these, which is super cool.